Come on. Math. Welcome back to the only podcast produced by three two-time winners of IMSA Spirit of the Race Award. You're tuned in to the Check Engine Podcast. We're hosted on Anchor.fm and we're streamed worldwide on all of your favorite platforms that you use to listen to your favorite podcasts. My name is Nick. Joining me as they do every single week are my two co-hosts, Andrew and Tristan. What's going on, guys? Sorry, I was muted because I had to burp. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for thanks for muting. That's we appreciate that. That's very considerate of you. We had just started the recording. We couldn't restart it again. It, well, we could. I mean, we're, we were only thirty seconds in. That's true. Anyways, I'm good now. That's good. Good. You feeling better? Yeah. And I was waiting to defer to Andrew because normal he goes first. Yeah. So how are you though, Tristan? Oh, fine and dandy. Family's in town. It's always a positive. Be a, took, a, took a couple days off from work. Should be a fun week. Awesome. Very cool. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, had another race this past weekend. Um, took the CEP cart out to uh, up to Road America to run the cart track. So uh, I, I'm uh, going to quote... College basketball coach John Calipari, um, you don't win and lose, you win and learn. That's what we did on Saturday. <laughs> um, just completely shit the bed in the final. Um, just missed the setup completely. And uh, talked to some people and realized, holy shit, we did everything completely backwards. So we learned... So next time when we go up there in September, we should be much better. So I'm looking forward to that. Sweet. Yeah. Always improving. Yes. Absolutely. Um, Andrew, we mm-hmm. we came across this topic, um, I think, probably about a month or so ago when we were recasting car movies and this kind of popped up. What are we talking about today? So uh, today we we've each nominated a selection of car chases um, and we're just going to do some reviews and hopefully pull out, at least this is my goal, pull out some elements of what makes a good car chase and a bad car chase. Now we are by no stretch of the imagination movie critics. However, we are able to critique movies. So take that world. Exactly. <laughs> this is going to be our own. So we're- Go ahead, Tristan. <laughs> we're not movie critics. We're movie critiquers, though. That's right. Exactly. I mean, um, we, you know, we won't use any any fancy lingo. Um, I don't think. I don't know. This is our own live action Yelp session is what it's going to be. Yeah, basically. But I, I do think it is important to pull out some of what makes a good car chase, because while doing, you know, quote unquote research for this episode, um, I was recommended a specifically car chase from a couple different movies. Um, 
And most of them were bad. Like I didn't think they'd even make good content to talk about them simply because I didn't enjoy them. I wasn't having fun watching it. Right. So, yeah, we all picked uh, – I've got four, I think. Andrew picked four. Tristan's got three or four. And uh, we're going to go through these and try to find some some common themes or common elements that um, – if you're a director and you're listening to this and you've got a project with the chase scene, we're going to try to find the uh, common denominators that are going to make you a really good car chase scene. Hopefully. So, um, before we dig into that, though – does anybody have any uh, neat car news, pace laps, quick news tidbits we want to get through? Y'all want to talk some Stellantis? Will you describe what Stellantis is first? Well, I mean, what isn't Stellantis to start off with? What possibilities does Stellantis not offer to this modern world that's so troubled and toiled? I really have no idea where you're going with this. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, no, my bad. Um, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> Stellantis, if you can believe it, is the new name for what was formerly known as Chrysler. What? Are you serious? The The merger of FCA and PSA, whatever division of the company, the, the merger uh, instead of FCA will be called Stellantis, and I will never call it that. It's from the Latin, Stello, meaning to brighten with stars. Great. That's fantastic. Stellantis will be world's fourth largest car maker. Son of a bitch. I just, I don't know. How did I not hear about this? This is so, I feel so stupid now. Well, because it was, it was really big news, and I think... It was really big news for 45 to 55 minutes. And I think a people just all made fun of it because it sounds like so many different things. It sounds like a pyramid scheme. It sounds like medication. It sounds like uh, something from Scientology. It sounds like definitely definitely medication. It sounds like anything about Stellantis today. That's that's right. Side effects may include anal leakage. <laughs> well, wait a minute. It, it only says used as corporate brand at the group level. So Correct. names and logos of manufactured car brands will remain unchanged. Uh, yeah, it is. It is, in fact, the replacement for the actual name FCA. Yes. Uh, and so I'm never going to call that. I'm just going to keep calling it FCA if I ever have to refer to it as a group and they can deal with that. Well, but that doesn't include all the group, though. Don't care. Because there's also there's also PSA in there. <laughs> well, whatever tiny little uh, chunklet they break off to kind of merge. I mean, uh, chances are we're never going to have to refer to this stupid conglomerate until they get sued. So, uh, you know, <laughs> that will be the next time we hear this name. Uh, yeah, I, really. That, that's all it impacts. It could be worse. You know, they could actually have wanted to put this name on stuff. Yeah, but they didn't. I mean, so they could have, but they didn't. So, yeah, it's going to be Sophia Chrysler. So Fiat, Ferrari, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Opal, Peugeot, Citroen. I'm missing some. Um, it is as well as uh, Opal and Vauxhall, which they oh, Vauxhall. That's the one I when GM unloaded them. Yes, right. that's the one I missed was Vauxhall. 
So the fourth largest car manufacturer in the world, Stellantis. Good for them. Have a fun time. (laughs) And again, I just want to be in these boardrooms when they choose these names. I really really want to be great Stellantis. (sighs) Oh, man. What are you going to do? That that is all. The, I thought it was. I things. thought it was. Honestly, the angle I thought that was going to Andrew, when you brought it up, was that sounds like an Elon Musk thing. Oh, it like really that, does. Like that was his next space exploration project or something. Stellantis, <laughs> a company solely dedicated to shooting cars into space. Yeah, Stellantis. Ah, <laughs> uh, that tactical. <laughs> Uh, so Stellantis. That, no, that that legitimately is the only news uh, of any. I don't even know if that's that important or consequential, uh, but it's the only thing that caught my eye. Yeah, there's not a ton happening. Um, BMW just did their first shakedown of their new GT3 car, which will debut in 2022. The M4 GT3 just hit the track for the first time in camo. Too ugly to care about. Yep. So that's a thing. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just is. I'm not, I'm not doing this kind of crap with brands anymore. If you're not going to try, I don't have to try to be interested. That that's the deal I'm attempting to make with all these people. And the car is hideous. It's absolutely terrible. It won't age well because it doesn't look good now. What if they know the future? It'll look good in the future. No, it won't. It, it just, it simply will not. For those who don't know, um, this is going to be very, it's a very controversial uh, front grill look now on the, on the new BMW. It's literally out. not controversial. Nobody likes it. Yeah, maybe controversial is a poor choice of words. I should have said uh, shitty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The, the only people <laughs> who, are, who are pretending to like it are the people who have to sell it at BMW. And, you know, I'm just trying to think of... Um, other examples, maybe like the first gen um, Ford Taurus, super ugly, didn't age well, looked bad at the time. I mean, you know, there are Subaru, other examples. Subaru B9 Tribeca. Yes. Yep. Yes. Absolutely. Way too much name, way too weird a grill. But not overall an inoffensive vehicle in terms of right. the actual thing itself. But no, they really missed the mark with that. Um, yeah, so BMWs are ugly. So yep. that's a, a breaking news. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so I don't know if it's neat or not, but I, I posted it on our Facebook page. When I was at the cart track, I saw a gentleman who was racing a shifter cart mm-hmm. and he put that shifter cart on a trailer, a, an open flat, um, like flat trailer, which is like the rails, like your basic cargo trailer type of thing. Small, single axle trailer. And he attached that trailer and towed it with a 2015 C5 Corvette, or 2015 C7 Corvette Stingray. Mm -hmm. Never in a million years would I thought to tow anything with a Corvette. I mean, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of if, if it's like genius or if it's like as I posted like genius or blasphemous. I still haven't made up my mind. Yeah, 
I think I think I it's honestly don't know what to think of it. Probably fine. I don't know. I, I I don't know that I've seen it, but I guess I always assumed that it was happening. I mean, you know, it's it's got the torque to do it. Like, you know, it's not going to have a problem power wise. Obviously, um, yeah. it was actually kind of unique Pretty how he did it. Like he he took he mounted the the hitch assembly behind the rear license plate. So to hook up the, the trailer, I had to take his license plate off and just, he slid it into that gap to, to hook the trailer up. Um, it's, it was weird. I'm still like, I, I don't have an opinion yet. I, I don't know how long it's going to take me to form one, but <laughs> I just had to put it out there that I saw it. It was weird. Cause, and I've never seen it before and I haven't been able to get it in my head since. I need to um, use that phrase more often. I don't have an opinion. And I don't know how long it's going to take me to form one. That is quite good. <laughs> um, so yet another week has gone by yet another one, two finish for Corvette racing. And they set a lap, a, a track record. Track uh, record for class for, for the Corvette team. Uh huh. I'm just wondering when the BOP monster is going to come up and bite them really hard. Literally never. It, not it, this year, anyway. Not this year. Can't lose. Well, exactly. Not this year. No. Twenty twenty one is going to be a rough year for him, though. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what happened to the four GTS. Yep. But yep, I mean, exactly. Nothing. No, still not. Still not back in. Still not interested. Nope. Still feigning, uh, like you don't care. Not feigning. Don't care. <sighs> All right. Okay. We'll get uh, you next. I though. care more about is speaking of two in a row wisconsin driver friend of a friend of the program um aaron tielitz and his co-driver jack hawksworth in the lexus also two for two since the covid um crisis was well it's still going on but since imsa returned to action i'll say yes that's right so handily two for two so happy for aaron wisconsin boy but same question as i had for your Corvette piece there, Andrew, is when is the BOP monster going to rear its ugly head and just drop multiple anchors off the back of that car? See, I really don't know because, I mean, obviously it's going to depend on whether or not they keep winning this handily because theoretically, if they're winning but it's competitive racing, then, you know, that's kind of is what it is. Yeah, maybe never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. I guess it, it wasn't 1-2. I think it was 1-2 in Daytona, and then Sebring, the other Lexus, finished like fifth. Ah, see? They're doing fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But their next round is Road America, so hopefully there won't be any uh, BOP adjustments before that. So they've got this package for Aaron's home soil, which would be cool. If well, he does just really, did, really well. Um, the Sebring, right, was the last one? Yep. Well, you know. It's power track. track. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means. Absolutely. One day I'm going to get someone on here that knows what that means. One day. One day. One day. Um, should also do, as long as we're on the racing topic, um, former guest and one of Tristan's crushes, Catherine Legg, was actually hurt in a uh, pretty pretty severe testing accident over in Europe uh, last week. Broken leg, broken wrist. 
um, out for a while. So um, hate to see that happen to anybody, much less someone we've actually met and took the time to be on our tiny little program. So um, Catherine, all your friends, all your three friends at Check Engine Podcast are uh, <laughs> all your hoping for friends. the best and sending you all our well wishes. So get well. Yeah, get back on track too. soon. Can't forget. What's that? And she's a legend too. Can't. Oh, forget. she's an absolute legend. Absolute legend. Um, guys, anything else before we uh, want to dive into our chase scene critiquing? I don't think so. I'm ready. No, All right. I'm good. Yeah. You're, you're good, Tristan? I'm good. All right. Well, we are going to start reviewing car chase scenes and try to determine what factors make a good car chase scene right after this break. All right. We're back, folks, and we're about to get into tonight's main topic, which is car chase reviews. But before we do that, we'd like to remind you how to get a hold of us if you feel like you want to sometime. Uh, we have our very own website. It is checkenginepodcast.com. And there we have an email address. You can reach us at inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. We're also all over social media. Um, you can find us on Facebook if you search Check Engine Podcast. Andrew, where can they find us on Twitter? At Check Engine Pod. Tristan, where can they find us on Instagram? Also at Check Engine Pod. So, folks, be sure to like, follow, share, post, DM, reach out how and when you can. Ask us questions to answer on air. Uh, let us know what you like or dislike. Give us ideas for episode topics. Um, anything you want. Actually, quick note mm-hmm. send us your best car stories, people. Um, we've had one taker so far, and it's a good one. Sean sent a, a doozy of a, of a car story to us on Facebook. Um, if we read it on a future episode, we will send you two Check Engine Podcast Cancoolies for free. Woo. So send us those stories so we can read them on air. Now, to get back to the show, Andrew, car chase scenes. <clears throat> yeah. How do we want to do this? Well, I think we'll just kind of go around the horn, pick one, talk about it, see what we can pull out of it. And of course, because, well, frankly, it's the most boring and because you kind of have to talk about it, especially in the context of, ooh, here we go. Here's some hot terminology. American cinema. Ooh. Of course, uh, we have to. And I picked it simply because we have to talk. We wouldn't be doing our job if we didn't talk about Bullet. If we didn't indulge the fetish. And absolutely, you know, I've talked about I wrote a whole blog about this stupid movie that no one has seen and this car chase. And it's actually really refreshing, first of all, to see a. I mean, it's it's a 10 ish minute long scene, so significantly like double the length of pretty much everything else we're going to talk about. That is 100 percent practical effects. Yep, 100% practical effects and about, I think, 90 plus percent glances in mirrors or, <laughs> or, 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 or tight shots of Steve McQueen's face. Yes, yes. Or uh, we also get a lot of three quarter shots behind the driver, which is interesting and not something that really continued like that. That shot has a little bit gone away. It's usually yes, like a front mounted shot now, you know, like a hood cam, a bonnet cam. But, um, I, you know, I think it's probably because of the location, right? San Francisco, where this 
inside the car going down the hills. And you really feel like the, the motion <laughs> of the car. And it, yes. it's pretty exciting. Like it, it makes for, I, I would really like to see this kind of make a comeback because it feels very organic. Yeah. Out, you know, from the inside of the car facing out, um, kind of just over the steering wheel is pretty cool. Um, my, my favorite part of the whole thing is definitely the sheer number of hubcaps that are lost <laughs> by the charger. Yep. It's, it I has to be more than there are wheels. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's eight to 10 hubcaps that it loses for sure. <laughs> well, you have the one come off the spare. <laughs> We're going to knock the first right off. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, like i've yeah, said before if you if you take if you were to take this chase scene and just do a 100 faithful shot for shot remake with a different story around it and a different context you know the cars are probably faster blah 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 blah, blah you would end up with a chase scene that is still of very high quality because this is really well done Yes, I think what and I'm going to talk about it when I get to one of my scenes, too, is what if we want to talk, I'll nominate this as an element that makes a good chase scene. You've got to. It can't all be wide shots or, as Tristan said, tight shots on the driver. You have to include some sort of view, some sort of angle, whether it's driver's seat, bumper, whatever it is that puts the audience in one of those cars. So they try to get that sensation of. Like in this case, it's the up and down of the San Francisco streets or like that they're in motion somehow. Yeah. Put them in that seat and make them part of the chase. I think that's that's a crucial element to um, really any good chase scene. Like there are good chase scenes that don't have that, but there's not a bad one that does have it. I'll put it that way. It's it's definitely a scene. Um, there, there are moments like uh, towards the end of the chase, you know, when they get out of the city. Right. And there are these just very long, uncut panning shots of this Mustang, like barely gripping the road between these sort of, you know, semi mountainous um, road, semi mountainous passes or, or highway that I wonder what it felt like to see this in 1968 when, you know, obviously car chases to us. We grew up in the 90s. We saw car chases three times a movie. Yes. But Right. This didn't really exist before this exact movie. So what was it like to see this then? It had to be something just completely. Uh, it must have felt like something new, right? Because there are those moments you see things and you're like, whoa, this is going to be a thing. And th- this must have been that. Yeah, I mean, we can shit all we want about on bullet, but the scene the the chase scene itself is a fun scene to watch and probably the most important in the history of cars chase scene them <laughs> just because of it, it just set the stage for everything you've watched for the next 50 plus years. Yes. It's yeah, like listening. It's like listening to Led Zeppelin one. You're like, Oh, <laughs> okay. This is where it comes from. I get it now. Yeah. Yeah. While simultaneously, like you said, Andrew, I, I'd be interested to see it remade in a modern fashion because it set the stage for a lot of these newer chases, but you know, it, it uses a lot of techniques that aren't in place anymore. Um, the 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 thing that actually, you know, that I enjoy the most about it is is actually because they finally gave up. Um, um, they were trying to you know like nail marks on shots and you know just 
some of them like, they couldn't do. So there's that scene where, um, you know, he ends up like slamming on the brakes on the Mustang and then throwing it in reverse and the wheel just sits there and hops on the solid rear axle, trying to get it backed up and headed down the road. Yeah. He missed, he, like, like, he missed that mark and the cameraman just kept following him and recorded the whole thing. And they just kept it because it's like, yeah. well, okay. So, you know, you often see, the bad guy like you know make a mistake or you know hit something or whatever but it's kind of rare to see the good guy make like a super egregious you know mario kart lap ruining mistake (laughs) yeah um and then you know just keep it in the movie so there's i i like that there is there is a movie uh we can use this as a transition if you like uh that does do this a little bit, although it's probably more scripted. And another chase that Tristan, you nominated uh, in John Wick. Yes. And actually, just yes. one last thing about Bullet. It is absolutely hilarious that this chase ends on a seconds long shot of the two bad guys burning to death in the wreck of the of the bad guy car. <laughs> scarred, scarred my dad when he saw it. He went to go see it when he was a kid. And like here have roasted bad guys literally like it's not it's probably almost 10 seconds just a focus shot of them burning to death in the flipped over car the phrase unsubtle doesn't do it enough justice it's so great if you haven't if for some reason you haven't seen this definitely go watch it all right bullet scene number one great transition though tristan Let's talk about uh, John Wick 2, which involves another Mustang. Another good oh, transition. Yes. Oh, look at that. That's the uh, that's the that's the good transition is, you know, you know, car and and topic. Um, really, it's my. Like, it's one of my favorite, though, those movies in general brought back a lot of things that I really like um, kind of like almost the like diehard esque like the bad, the good guy just gets the absolute ever living crap beat out of him and still wins, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, and that's kind of the same feeling that this whole car chase scene gives me because like he goes back to the chop shop to get his car back and like just blows it up practically on the, on the way on the way out like it's like okay i have it again but forget it like he's he's ramming other people um like you know they'll just they ruined at least one mustang filming this um because somebody like clipped a steel door frame um like, <laughs> like there was that that like that like drift jump through the door uh-huh like that took seven or eight takes and he they destroyed a mustang doing just that part of it which is interesting because i know that people probably aren't looking that closely but you have to do at least a little bit of continuity damage like, right. like, like if you blow up the car doing a shot and there's yet more shots to do, you got to make sure that, you know, all the damage is the same every time. That's interesting. Um, it employed a lot of cool, um, 
car chase tricks like um although keanu reeves is a great driver um they actually had the stunt driver um up on the top of the car driving with like a remote driving rig so that really so so the car could be moving and driving while keanu was focusing on acting so he had to move his hands and make it look good but he wasn't even driving the car for a lot of the inside the car shots so he could focus on all the other acting he had to do that's clever yeah so that's really clever i like that so it's just fun it's in an enclosed space basically in a chop shop um and it's you know it's 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 fun to watch and that was my number one like my number one kind of you know criteria for this this whole setup was was it fun um you know not was there something overly unique but 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 i just like zone out and miss a phone call watching (laughs) watching this car chase you know that kind of thing so i think that's that's definitely another thing you can kind of pull out of this there's for the first two both those scenes from bullet and john wick have had very creative practical effects whether it's you know keeping in something you stumble upon accidentally, right? Keeping in uh, an accidental miss by a, um, by an actor or in the case of bullet using a very, uh, a steady cam technology that hadn't been used in cars at that point or in John wick, you know, putting the stunt driver on top of the car and framing it so that you can't see him, but having the actor actually do acting instead of doing it digitally. Like those things make a huge difference when you're watching a scene. And that's something that I did. I didn't know that they were doing that, but something I picked up on while I was watching the scene, even the first time you're like, Oh, that's actually Keanu Reeves. And there's actually a camera there. Like this is not digital. Right. It is funny though. I was reading about um, most of the other stunt guys that he hits are all the same guy. <laughs> and, and, and it was all the guy and it was all the guy that was driving his car so in the shots where it's a wide shot and they're showing the mustang hit another car yeah it's actually keanu reeves driving the mustang and the stunt guy driving the other car <laughs> um and like the whole the whole you know um <laughs> It was, I think it was a, it was a grand tour joke actually for, you know, the, the, the tips for off-road driving actually also apply to the tips for, uh, stunt driving. Don't hook your thumbs through the steering wheel, that kind of thing. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um, and it's like, he's like, if you look closely, never are my hands like even really on the wheel, much less, you know, hooked on the wheel. So, you know, if you're the one being hit, so it's just a, it's, it's a very, you know, I have, I have a lot of respect for the risks Keanu Reeves does and doesn't take. Like he does a lot of his own stunts, but not all of his own stunts because he knows when to leave it to the pros. Um, but he's not like, I won't do that. I'm an actor. So, you know, it's kind of a kind of a good mix. And I think that that's kind of summarized by that whole scene, actually, it knows like, yeah, sure. Crazy drifting, sliding jump through a, you know, a door. Yes. But you know, not something that, you know, we'll get to later, not a way over the top chasing. Yeah. In, in, in that universe, it, it doesn't work. So 
my two my two cents on this scene is one i feel like they john the original movie was already a success you know the studio gave him a bigger budget they could have afforded another stunt guy (laughs) (laughs) and two two the coup de grace of that entire scene that just sent like sent it home for me was when he did the j turn and hit the dude running away, which apparently is this one stunt guy with his fender and sent him into the concrete pillar. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, that was pretty brutal. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> that's all I, that's my review on that scene. Why just one stunt dude and great J turn, bro. Yeah. Yeah. J turns are important, but you know, that's kind of, <laughs> yeah, a they're, they're an important, an important, uh, car chase element. Um, the, the drive actually has a really good, um, article on this and then they actually they actually embedded here we go two layers deep um it's a vanity fair of all things a youtube video um john wick 2's stunt coordinator breaks down the whole scene and it's fascinating yeah yeah did you watch like the dvd commentary to learn all this stuff um i watched that video (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I loved I loved the scene and then researched it with this article and that video and a couple other places. So cool, Nick. What do, what do you got? What kind of nom you got for your first one? You got any okay, Mustangs? So we, yeah. So we don't have a, a, a great transition here um, to my first one. We're gonna go. Um, I guess I mean if you talk about bullet being, you know all real effects, like not no CGI. Um, my first one. We'll stick with that theme. Um, no CGI effects in it, all real stunts. And it was actually when they were filming the, I read when they were filming these chase scenes, um, the residents of Chicago were actually calling the police. Because <laughs> <laughs> they were actually, you know, actually driving through areas of downtown Chicago and they got um, clearance from the city for, you know, this day, this time, these streets, they can do over a hundred miles an hour with, cars that were um you know or on streets that were 25 miles an hour normally so i'm talking about blues brothers Mm -hmm. um so the entire thing is made up i think they just went and bought every mid-70s buick they could find well in Um, fact This is this is a favorite uh, bit of trivia of your dad tristan they did in fact do that and that's why you can't find that vintage of car, especially one that was a previous police cruiser. They literally ruined them all. Right. I actually yeah, have 100, 100 and, 104 cars were destroyed. 60 of them were police cars. 63 and, of them in one crash in one scene. Yeah. <laughs> and none of them and none of the police cars like survived. They were all totaled. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that's that's why i picked blues brothers is I was gonna basically say, do we say we're talking about <laughs> yeah he did okay yeah it was blues brothers um be, and it's because of that scene with that crash like it is just so like the movie's a comedy so the entire thing is supposed to be comical like so really slow reaction time for the cops just like really stupid like hitting stuff for no reason as they're chasing um you know john belushi and dan um and dan Aykroyd. But like a 63 car pileup outside of, I mean, I guess we have had that happen up here in like wintry weather sometimes, but 
like 63 police cars in, in one wreck. Come on guys. And it's just, it's so farcical that, um, I just had to, I, I had to throw it in there because it, it, it's fun to watch for that reason. Now this movie has actually two chase scenes. The first one is the parking lot in the mall, mm-hmm. which again, no CGI or anything. There was a, it was a mall that had closed the year before they started filming. So a film crew just came in, dressed up all the storefronts and they actually drove through that mall, um, through that building. And that scene was like, uh, okay. You know, some comic relief or as they're getting chased by cops and breaking through windows and all this stuff, they're like, Oh look, pier one, they have everything in this mall. You know, just like the, how calm they are when they're just, it's like they're walking in the mall as they're destroying it was kind of funny. But as far as a car chase scene goes, eh, but the the downtown scene where they're we mentioned the sixty three car pileup, mm-hmm. but they're they're running through the city streets underneath the um, but the train tracks for for the L. Um, yeah, it was and, uh, all on uh, Lower Wacker Drive. Yes, and for what really made this scene for me, and I mentioned this when we were talking Bullet just a few minutes ago, they have on the Bluesmobile. Um, that front bumper cam. Yes. So as they're ripping down Wacker drive, there is like a box truck that pulls through in one of the intersections that like the camera actually jerks down as the brakes are hit and you swerve to avoid. And then the next one up, there's um, like a group of cyclists going through and you see some cyclists get through to one side of the intersection. The other ones stop and the car kind of wiggles and dips as it's trying to avoid. And it's, it seems like the film is sped up a little bit. Yes. But you still get the sensation of like how little reaction time there is in those situations and like what the stunt drivers were actually having to deal with. And like, again, just putting you in the driver's seat that made that scene for me. Um, and then to, you know, so John wick had one stunt person, um, the Blues Brothers crew, they flew in 40 stunt drivers every weekend. Flew <laughs> 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 them in. Flew them in. Plane loads of stunt drivers until they until they got those scenes shot. And then also, um, they reshot one of the scenes, you know, as you would normally do in something like that. Um, you don't want people on the sidewalks. You want to clear the streets to do your shots. Um, but the director realized that people are just going to think it's sped up film. So to give perspective on how fast they were actually driving, they reshot a scene and brought in quote stunt extras to actually walk on the sidewalk as these cars were ripping by (laughs) stunt. extras. Yeah. You you don't pay regular extras for that. No, no. You bring in the stunt extras. So again, it's the, it's the kind of the, the fallacy of it all, not fallacy, just the craziness of the, of the, of the crash that makes it fun. And again, that, that front bumper cam, it's only for a couple of seconds in the entire scene, maybe like five seconds tops, but that really sold it for me. That's why I wanted to nominate it. It's, it's interesting. I hadn't seen this in a while and I think, I think it contrasts interestingly with, um, hey, there's a, there's a transition with uh, the scene from Bad Boys Two, which is one that I picked. Where they're both, you know, like comedy movies. Um, I, I just Hello. think it's, I just transition. Think that, yeah, that that um, the Blues Brothers is interesting because um, I I wouldn't say 
that I think it aged well, but I think it's at least pretty genuinely iconic. If if for no other reason than the dialogue contrasts so excellently with every time you do a you know a shot behind the Bluesmobile, there's five police cars flipping over, and. The two blues brothers are just as like more monotone than we are on this podcast. They're, it's just like they're going for a, a, just a regular drive. What is that contrast is, is interesting as well. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but moving on swiftly to Bad Boys Two because that is a nice transition. Um, it, because they're both like massive destruction scenes. Uh, except the only difference is Bad Boys Two has a boat. A highway boat. <laughs> highway <laughs> boat. Um, I one of the comment I made before we started recording the podcast. Watching Bad Boys Two, which came out in two thousand three, watching this highway chase, it was really nice to flash back to a time when Michael Bay gave even half a shit. <laughs> it was like this. This movie. This this scene is really good i think in terms of uh like a modern scene yes there are digital effects and there are moments when you can tell but the digital effects are bookended with practical so there's you know a shot of them zooming down the freeway then a brief digital shot that's probably a second and a half at most of them, you know, veering wildly around a car tumbling down the freeway because uh, the the feature piece of this chase scene is a car hauler where they're chopping car, you know, they're, they're sending cars off the top of the hauler to fall on the freeway, which is a fantastic set piece. So, that you know, it, it's digital them, you know, kind of zooming past the car and then it's right back to practical. And, and that really it really softens the blow of what would be at, currently some very dated effects, but they're not that bad because there's some continuity between the digital and the practical. Yeah. I mean, I think that's my, my opinion on digital effects in general is that they are, they're an enhancer. There's a lot of, a lot of movies that have basically just been like, Oh, we don't need to do any of this for real. Um, we got computers guys. So let's do it that way. And, it doesn't hold up. In fact, it looks newer CGI in a lot of time. A lot of cases looks worse than mm-hmm. older CGI shortly after it comes out. Yes. That, there's there's mm-hmm. a weird, there's a weird paradox. I read it in some article somewhere, but it's like newer CGI doesn't hold up for like a year versus like the Jurassic park CGI, <laughs> you know, like still <laughs> looks pretty good. Um, right. Because know, it was even like, then so limited in what they could do. Exactly. Yep. So it, and, and it's not, it's almost, it's almost never the focus of what you're looking at for too long. It, it sells the environment and it actually sells the realism instead of trying to replace it. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, you know, we, we've kind of been able to point at one or two things in each of these that makes it great. And I don't necessarily know that there is, that in bad boys too, other than the fact that it is a really great set piece. Like I said, you know, a a car hauler and then a boat trailer, which, which makes the whole thing very, um, which really increases the scale without necessarily raising the stakes. You know what I mean? It's not like, Oh, 
they've kidnapped 10 people or whatever. No, it's just like they're chasing down this massive thing that keeps throwing cars at them, which is really entertaining to see. And it's also the like greatest Ferrari of all time, the, the, the Modena. Which one? The 360 <laughs> Modena. You know that. I don't know what that means. Um, the, but yes, the, it's almost like, uh, like you said, kind of like raising the stakes without like making it serious. It's almost like, a that scene always felt to me. It was like a video game boss fight. Yes. Uh huh. You gotta, you gotta wait for him to like use all of his attacks by chucking the cars off, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love that. Oh, and also the also the moment where they 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 send a car down and it's still attached with a chain. There's like a couple scenes of this yes. this Buick eighty eight wildly being jerked around the freeway by a chain. Most of it's practical, and it's just it's just so very early two thousands. I love it. That's a great scene. And then of course there's the boat. <laughs> the the boat. Uh, does not vote through the window. <laughs> it's essentially, yeah, like Tristan said, it's like that boss fight, but it's mid game, right? So you're fighting the boss right. and you learn its attacks, and but it, it has an escape when you get to the last quarter of the health bar, and you can't you can't avoid it, right? And then that would be the boat. Yeah, and then you'll you'll meet up later in the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. <laughs> it's so uh, yeah, and I think that that. That sort of, you know, bigness, for lack of a better word, um, transitions well to my second one. Um, mm-hmm. when, unless anybody has anything else to say Not um, at all. about Bad Boys 2. Nope. Um, Go for it. However, so, and that is The Rock. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how Which, a decade changes things. Not yeah, 1996, directed by Michael Day, Michael Bay, Michael Bay, Michael produced, Day. <laughs> produced, produced by Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer. Really, the full the full team and and Bad Boys yep. Two was as well, wasn't it? Yep. So, uh, so it was you know, very similar um, in its you know production team, but it's very it's very late 90s. Um, mm-hmm. So. Uh, practically damn near mid nineties, which I feel old. Cause I feel like I saw that one when it came out and I couldn't have been old enough to see it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, to me, it's this like quintessential masterclass in how to film a car chase scene with cars that aren't going very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that's not a movie, but something I wanted to mention, um, you guys are probably going to groan. Um, however, there was a fantastic show that actually originated in Disneyland Paris, and then they moved it to the Hollywood Studios in, in Florida. Um, that is basically like how to shoot a car chase. And they had little fake opals with motorcycle engines in them cars that drove backwards cars with you know drivers on the backside of them so it looked like they were driving on their own um you know motorcycle jumps jet skis but basically they show you that okay we're gonna film this right here in front of you and to you it's gonna look like we're driving some cars around and there's some skill there's a lot of drifting and burnouts and smoke and noise and it's it's fun but then they actually show you like footage cut together of what they just filmed and 
like it looks like a car chase. It looks like these cars are going a thousand miles an hour and the jumps look so high and you know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and, and this is all of those things. <laughs> like <laughs> the rock is absolutely a masterclass in like, there's a radio call in this where it says, you know, you know, you know, suspect car is a black Humvee, you know, speeds nearing uh, spe- speeds speeds over 70 miles an hour it's like only because it's falling downhill the hummer only went 70 miles an hour like <laughs> right <laughs> you know so like that was the top speed of the the actual original humvee was 70 miles an hour um so it's like you know you know that it's not going nearly that fast in real life <laughs> and it's driving around a very populated also San Francisco, very much like bullet. Um, but basically it has every gag that you could ever want. I- I'm surprised. And I had to go back and check that there's not a fruit cart. I, you know, that's so funny. You should say that because one of the things that I, I was actually a little bit distracted by this car chase because it kept doing that extremely 90s uh, half pan. And what I mean is where the camera uh, cuts to the scene, but not what it's going to focus on in half a second. It's either slightly to the right or it's slightly to the left. In order to, it, it's one of these tricks to increase motion, to increase the degree of action, right? Because when you whip the camera very suddenly in the direction the car is driving, it adds a sense of motion. Like I know why it's there, but that shit kind of annoyed me. Yeah. And the cars are, and the, the shots are all very low to the ground, Mm -hmm. um, which makes it seem like it's faster. And there's, you know, Star Trek next generation levels of shaky cam. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, but it's interesting. I have it on the background. The it fucking ends with the most epic Michael Bay pan of all time. This shit goes on for 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, and and it involves a nearly vertical explosion from what I could gather was basically just a, like, parking meter buggy. <laughs> yes, it does have that. And, and it ends up shooting a, a trolley cable car straight up in the air. Um, but, and, like, I love even the call-out from the one of the like the FBI agents on the radio is like, man, he's hitting everything he can find to try to slow us down. <laughs> and like literally it's an excuse in scene to say why they're like like why he hit a water truck that he could have easily avoided or like is like driving right into this car or whatever else. It's like, you know, they tried to explain their way into a more exciting action scene because everybody would know to get out of the way of a flying black Humvee. Right. Um, so he has to be trying to hit things. Otherwise it doesn't make any sense. It's like a little bit self-aware. Yeah. Yep. I, th- I think that, I think that does help because I will say it's definitely more unbearable or it's definitely unbearable with the sound off. It's just sort of like what's happening. Why stop that? But <laughs> I, in the moment when I was watching it, I wasn't annoyed by it. Right. Yep. And it's something that, you know, I think it's of a of a time. I would love again, much like the bullet one, 
there's a lot of practical here. There, there's, I don't know, you know, I don't know that there's much digital. It's, it's still fakery. You know, it's somebody taking a trolley car and lifting it into the air with a, with a crane and shooting a fireball underneath it. Like, you know, it's not real, but it's real, <laughs> you know, like it's not, it's not a computer. Um, so I'd be curious to see this treated, you know, same kind of, same kind of chase, something big and slow and tank like, um, almost monster truck like when he runs over that beetle yeah yeah <laughs> oh yeah um you know something big and heavy versus yeah like a, like a, a whole bunch of cop cars and some sports car I, I love to see it redone that would be interesting i would watch that absolutely uh, unfortunately i don't think you can put sean connery in it again though i mean what's he looking like, like he be not great okay um, okay you can't you can't put sean connery in it I know we're not like a movie podcast, but who would you cast instead? Um, ooh, that's tough because that is tough. The, the tough part Bad about it, old man. Well, yeah, that's uh, the thing. The tough part about it, in my opinion, is you have to have someone who clearly looks significantly older than they actually are. And there has to be gravitas, but it can't be a serious gravitas. If that makes sense, it has to be someone who uh, clearly would laugh at themselves given the opportunity. Harrison what about Ford? Jude Law? Not quite old enough, but close. Oh, maybe. In Sean Connery's place? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's that's a tough one to do off the top of the head. Yeah, I was thinking he, he, a little bit older. Play, that's why I he, he could play retired player. SAS, but not by much. That's true. Hmm. I don't know. I don't have a good I answer. Don't that, I don't, yeah, I don't have one off the top of my head. But fantastic scene, great movie too. I can't. I'm surprised, Andrew, you haven't seen that movie. That I, that is a good one. It feels like a movie I would have seen, right? <laughs> it does. If you, if you saw Face Off, I know they, they, they seem like they would be the same movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was Face Off set in San Francisco too? Um. <laughs> Wait, was it? Well. Uh, I think it's Undisclosed City, isn't it? I actually don't remember where it's at. I don't know if they ever say, but I, I assume it's in California. Isn't everything? I'm trying to remember here. North of Santa yeah, Monica. Los Angeles. Yep. Yeah, Los, Monica. A- Los Angeles. Yep. So, still <laughs> California. Definitely. You know, yeah, they, they, I think if you were to uh, play those movies, start them at exactly the same time, they would sync up. yeah probably i don't know what that means but it sounds funny (laughs) yes it does originally intended to star sylvester stallone and arnold schwarzenegger but instead john woo went with john travolta and Nicolas cage you know same thing listen the world is better for him having done that i will i will have no face-off slander on this podcast <laughs> no I, no i don't think it's bad i just think it's very different <laughs> all right listen i don't want to talk i do want to talk about face off for the next hour but we uh, we can't talk about face off for the next hour this isn't the face off podcast i know not the face off podcast who's got um, face, face forward slash off exactly who's got another I, well i've got it, it tristan talking about like big and grandiose and mu- Michael Bay and all that kind of stuff. If we want to talk about big 
and just epic shots in a car chase scene um, doesn't get a whole lot bigger or more epic than Matrix Reloaded. So true. And, and that's a movie for our generation. Like this is one it we is. were all waiting for. Yes, this is one that we were all waiting in line to see when it when it came out. Uh, I think I saw this one with you, didn't I, Nick? I believe we did, actually. In in the did we see this one or Revelations in the theater? We saw them both. Probably, I don't know. If, say probably both. <laughs> but I don't know if I saw them both with you. Probably. Um, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to go with yes for the sake of the podcast. <laughs> yes. There was, there was something about Reloaded and and Revolutions. They were, were they released like really close together in the same yeah, month? Yeah, they were something? shot. They were shot simultaneously and then released like a within year a year of each other. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways. Yep. Yeah, um, Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolutions are both billed as 2003 movies. <laughs> right, yes, yes. So, um, yeah, so there is the um, infamous highway chase scene in Matrix Reloaded. And I was, Tristan, I don't know if you were logged on yet, but before we came on here, I was talking to Andrew about this, and I feel like this is an epic car chase scene um but this scene was kind of out of i think out of all the ones we're going to talk about like this was the one that was the least actually about cars true (laughs) yeah cars featured right so what 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 happened here was in my in you know i didn't read this anywhere and what i'm thinking is so the first matrix comes out huge hit like just like i said with john wick you know Hey, studio gives boatloads of money, make more, do this again. And the production crew was like, okay, so we've got all this money. We can do all this cool effects stuff. We debuted it in this other movie. Where else can we, like, what other backdrop can there be that we can showcase the type of film we're trying to make? And, you know, they're just sitting in that room and on the whiteboard, highway, car chase. And then how do we put a matrix movie on a highway, you know? So it wasn't really about how do we feature cars? It was just how we do what we're doing against this type of backdrop. And I think they nailed it. Um, I mean, you've got um, the baddies that are, you know, teleporting themselves to and from different cars. And you've got the agents jumping from one car to another. When they land, they crush the car and stop it in its tracks and they bounce from one car to another. Um, Obviously all the slow-mo stuff. Um, This was basically the public's introduction to the Cadillac CTS. Mm -hmm. This This is basically where it made its big debut, the CTS and also the essentially the new design language that they would follow for God until the last two years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it honestly. Seemed, it seemed like a decade at least of same design language on Cadillacs they, they, that debuted here. And it made the CTS look invincible because that that silver one that um, Morpheus and crew were in probably sustained 900,000 machine gun rounds. Definitely. <laughs> and the, the only the only damage was a couple of broken windows and a blown left rear tire. Like no other mechanical issues. 
Everybody in the car survived. Like people were probably leaving the theater like, damn, that Cadillac is bulletproof. We should go look at one of those. And, <laughs> and to be honest, and Andrew, you mentioned this again, like I said, before we hopped on air, like it made like, that's probably why the CTS stayed as popular as it was. I think so. I think it played a huge role because it, I mean, this movie was so popular at the time and, you know, we can, we can all go back and forth about how the matrix trilogy is so this and that. But I mean, at the time, everybody saw this movie, every single person, highest rated, uh, highest grossing R rated film until Deadpool broke it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I shoot. I still watch them. They, They come on TV now. They're all edited, you know, like TNT or whoever has them. And there's like, in an hour long, you know, time frame, there's like 38 minutes or 42 minutes of commercial and like 12 minutes of movie or whatever. Right. I'm still, I'm still going to flip back and forth and watch them. I, I, I enjoyed those movies. Um, it was obvious too, to me, as I watched this scene back that it wasn't just about Cadillac and the CTS, but like, if you guys look close, all of the other cars too, like GM had a contract. Yep. Oh, yeah. All those other mundane beige and gray cars that were getting stomped on and destroyed were all old Oldsmobiles or um, Chevy, um, not Cobalt, the one before the Cavaliers. Cavaliers. um, Yeah, GMC Jimmys. Like, there there were no Fords or Toyotas anywhere on this highway. (laughs) (laughs) One or two Dodge products. Oh, maybe. Like I feel like there's one intrepid for sure, and maybe something else. Um, I picked this scene just because it's a Matrix movie, and anytime we can get Matrix in here, I'd like to. And but as far as if we were trying to tie this back to what makes a good car chase scene, if we're just talking about strictly car chase, this one it's just the grand look of it, I would guess like there's not a whole lot of, you know, cause it's more about the fight scenes and everything else. Like I said, than the actual cars itself, that's you know, right. The, that's, that's what the I would obvious say. Good versus think- evil. Cause the baddies in the black car and the, and, and the, the protagonists are in the silver, the white one. So like the symbolism's there, but like, that's really it <laughs> as far as like a car chase scene goes. I think it's a good use of the car as a tool to fuel pun intended, I guess um, to fuel like the rest of an action scene. Mm -hmm. So it's like, there are guns, there's hand to hand fighting, there's cars, there's, you know, you know, physical action. It's all sorts of, all sorts of stuff. And it's, it shows how a car component can be, an excellent ingredient in an overall good action scene. Yeah, that's true. The the one thing that bothers me about this scene, and it's something that has bothered me about this scene since I saw it in theaters in the part where in the actual, you know, car chase before we get to the motorcycle chase um, with all the flipping cars, it's really obvious where the roll cages are in those cars. Yeah. Which is kind of a bummer, especially if you're going to do, I mean, a a significant portion of the motorcycle chase part of this sequence is all almost all digital. So it's like, if you're going to do all that, couldn't we have spent the extra two grand to just edit those out a little bit? 
Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. But that's nitpicky. Like, you know, no one if 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 I'm going to complain about that, why would I why would I pick that instead of, you know, the fakeness of the guy jumping on the car, right? Right, exactly. Or the fakeness of um Trinity and what did you, it was the key master. Yes, key maker jumping master. from jumping key from maker, the key over, key maker jumping from the uh jumping from the overpass onto the truck full of motorcycles. Right, when even in the shot in the movie they missed it. Yes. <laughs> But this is, I mean, we're just talking shit now because this scene is really excellent. And actually, I think I might even push back a little bit, uh, Nick, uh, on you saying the car, you know, sort of as a vehicle. I think, especially in the beginning, it really is the point of the scene. And the fact that they set it on a on a freeway means that the majority of it is kind of dodging and weaving in between the cars. But for for that being the primary mode of car action, they do do it. It does handle itself really well. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. It, 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 it handles itself well. I'm, my my point was just they didn't set out to make a car chase scene. I think more to Tristan's point, they set out to make an action scene and a matrix scene, like an epic standout matrix scene. Like here's our scene. We're gonna set it on a highway this time. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it was. It was funny that you use vehicle because vehicle and car are like same thing pretty much. Um, but like, yeah, that's the the mechanism in which we are going to deliver this awesomeness is going to be highway cars and motorcycles. Yeah, I think if I'm remembering right, I read or heard or something somewhere that this uh, this isn't a real stretch of of freeway. This is a completely built set. Yes, which is. I mean, <laughs> that's doing a lot. There's a lot of CGI going on, obviously. <laughs> no, no. I, I mean, they, they, they physically built the concrete structure of the freeway. But, I mean, it's like, wow, you're really going above and beyond there. Yeah. Just get chips to close a section of the highway for you. I know. But this is more <laughs> exciting. It's more exciting, I think. And there are some absolutely iconic moments in this chase, the, especially the um, a Cadillac Escalade versus Katana. Yes, yep. yes. Which is absolutely fantastic. Uh, I mean, yeah, jumping onto the truck, motorcycle chase, the, the, um, the weird phase shifty twins warping in and out of the cars and like, you know, warping into them in a seated position, shit like that, man, it was Michael Bay and the Wachowskis. They really used to know what they were doing. Yeah. So, Oh, here you go. Andrew, I was just looking this up. So they built from scratch at two for two and a half million dollars, a fake freeway on an old Naval base in California, Alameda. Oh, wow. It was a mile and a half road with a 19 foot wall. Which is interesting. Which is which is double interesting. Nerd alert here. Um, but that that scene where they crash the semis together and they they ripple. Yeah. Uh, MythBusters tested that at Alameda Naval Base. <laughs> God, it's like it's like nerd inception. Yeah, and they like they didn't even bring it up. I didn't know that that's where that fake thing was filmed. I knew that that's where they did a lot of their experiments though, especially where they needed like long places to drive because they had runways. Right. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, did that test at Alameda Naval base, not 
on the piece of freeway built for the movie. <laughs> yeah, that is certainly interesting. General Motors donated more than 100 cars for the scene, all of which were trashed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go big, right? Yeah, why not? Got to do it. And that's what the Wachowski brothers did. Um. All right, let's see here. Let's let's try to curtail here. I'll, I'll pick one of my last two here. Um, and I'm going to pick one from an interesting source. I'm going to pick one from the most intricate car advertisements ever made. The BMW film series. And I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. I'm pretty sure I brought it up. Definitely. Uh, but everyone should go and watch all of those because they're great. Especially if you remember, keep, keep in your mind as you're watching these short movies uh, that talk about um, abuses in Africa and domestic violence and uh, people trying to shoot a kid in the face and uh, a guy driving around with a pacemaker. Just remember for a second that these are all BMW advertisements. Nothing like this could ever be made again. And this one, this, this one called The Chosen, is a very interesting car chase scene directed by Ang Lee. And it's interesting because it takes place on a, uh, a jetty, a, a dock, and it's a very compressed space for a car chase. And yet, weirdly, it works really well. It, it, it's basically like a stage show, like you mentioned, Tristan, where um, most, of the, most of the actual car chase action takes place in about... 50 square yards. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The cars are just kind of dancing around each other. And, um, you know, the, the bad guys are trying to get a shot on the silver BMW. And it, it's just, I find it oddly compelling. I don't know. Yeah. I think it, it, it shows. It's a direct contrast to what my next pick will be. I'll save that for a little, for a little bit, but it shows that like, kind of to br- almost bring it back to John Wick though. Like some of the best fights in John Wick are where their, fu- their feet move about four feet. Yeah. It's like, it's all their hands really close in like that kind of thing. It- it's the same. It's like the equivalent version of a car chase. It's a car chase compressed into, you know, 20 shipping containers square, yeah. you know, like, and it's lots of backing up and, and going for it. You know what it is? Uh, it's like the, the final fight scene in equilibrium where it's just yes. two guys and, and John Wick. It's literally, yeah. Like two guys trying to point a gun at the other guy's head standing right next to each other. And you're, you're literally just slapping at each other's arms, but it, 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 when it's done well, it looks almost elegant. Yes. Criminally underrated movie, by the way, no car chases, but great movie. <laughs> movie that's a really nice uh kind of trashy sci-fi film that that has some genuinely good qualities to it but yeah i i don't know i this this whole series is is an absolute recommend i think if you if you like cars you have to watch these and they're also extremely effective as bmw advertisements and to kind of get back into you know the car of it all while these were early internet videos so i don't know if they garnered all of the attention that they might have this five series featured in this um, in this series. I don't know which one it is. It's from the early 2000s, right? Whatever the hell that is. 
is now one of the most appreciated and beloved five series. And, and you know, it's getting into like the sought after, especially the M, which of course is the feature of all these, right. um, these films. So I, I don't know. I, I think, and again, the majority of these, because they're so low budget, all of this is practical effect as well with stunt drivers, you know, sort of driving in the area of each other. And, and it all works really well because it was so well choreographed. I think, <laughs> to get back to the practicalness while I can definitely appreciate and enjoy the grandioseness of the matrix reloaded. I think I, I, I might like this more. I might like something stripped down like this a little bit more. I don't know. The, what I liked about this one was this kind of proved that a car chase scene doesn't need a ton of, like super sexy high end cars either. Yeah, like that's, that's what I was going to say. Obviously, yep. the, the the BMW as the um, hero of the hero scene. Car, yep. But it's not being chased by a Mercedes. Well, actually, an old Mercedes I think is one of them. But it's not being chased <laughs> by like a new Audi or a Ferrari. But like, there, there's a Jeep in there. There's a Dodge yeah. Neon. There's a <laughs> yeah. Ford Taurus. Like they're they're run of the mill cars that are chasing after this BMW, and it still works. Maybe it's just because of the small space they filmed it in. Like, it's not going to – that made it a little more believable. Like, if it was right. like a long, straight highway when it was like a high-speed thing, people would be like, okay, yeah, whatever. That neon's not going to be close. But because it's small and tight and windy in between the shipping containers, like, they all, quote-unquote, would, like, have a chance. Yeah, um, that's interesting. I never thought about that. So, I, I, I think that's the part that really makes it cool for me is that you know, kind of going back to what Tristan said about the rock, like you don't see a chase scene with something that big, like a Hummer, almost tank or monster truck. Like you don't see a chase scene with a neon. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I <would> agree. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so just that's what makes it stand out to me. And that's why I, I like it. Oh, well, good. I'm glad I could bring something new that was enjoyed. And I had never I heard believe... of it until you mentioned it. So I believe Nick and listeners I believe that actually those are still available on BMW, like India's YouTube channel or something. Yes, they are all on YouTube. Yep. yep. Every single one of them. So definitely worth, worth, a, worth a look, especially beat the devil. Uh, sorry, Gary yes. Oldman as yep. Gary Oldman and star, which is probably the best one. And that one's, uh, that one's absolutely brilliant. One of the had memes been a thing like reaction memes been a thing when these came out, we would still be seeing there's one particular moment of a Clive Owen face that is unparalleled in history in cinema history. And had memes been a thing at the time, we would still be seeing that. I think <laughs> reaction gifts. Exactly. Well, I think that brings, that brings a, a smooth segue by contrast to my my final pick. Um, and although there are actually a few good chase scenes in this movie, including things like driving, um, you know, large SUVs, pickup trucks, that kind of thing. Um, we're talking about the larger things in the rock. I'm going to I'm going to finish with the opening scene and probably, you know, most on the cover of the DVD box scene from Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, which, 
is which sees our hero baby played by Ansel Elgort uh, um, first name baby last name driver um, <laughs> uh, ripping across town in a bright red worst getaway car ever WRX <laughs> um, and to the point of the movie like it's not his car that's the whole point is that these cars are acquired for him he drives whatever they hand him and drives like a, an absolutely like a man possessed um, but this scene is in my mind like a need for speed most wanted come to life yes um uh-huh. and you know ranging across the whole city for miles and miles um you know into and out of wide open spaces narrow spaces and this one has some of the best and this is one of my personal qualities for a good car chase um is the uh is seeing the car work i think something that you you miss in a lot of bad car chases is you don't see the car itself stress out. We talked about that in bullet where hubcaps are popping off and, um, you know, rear, rear live rear axles are hopping up and down. Um, and you know, basically this one, the, the car spends the entire time like over 4,000 RPM, um, because that's where the turbo works and it actually makes sense. Like having having owned one, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what you'd have to do if you're driving that car as a getaway car. Otherwise, it's just waiting to be gobbled up by a cop as your turbo spools up. Um, so you know, it you it's like playing to the strengths of the car, and inside the car, seeing clutch pedals, gear shifts, um, emergency brakes, you know, broad strokes with the wheel left and right, you know, opposite lock, watching that all happen makes for a very visually interesting chasing. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's, here's and, the thing about that is you bring sorry, Tristan, interrupt. You bring up the okay. gear shifts and the clutch and the, and the handbrake and all that kind of the parking brake and all that kind of stuff. But it's not to the fast and the furious level where it's like every three seconds, you know, and then he's like, right. doing, he's, he's doing tw- the guy's doing 29 gear shifts in a block. Yes. Like it's not right. My 37 speed transmission. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're actually realistic. Like, yes, you would need to downshift there. That is where you would grab a little bit of handbrake. This is like, they, they obviously consulted somebody on this one. Like they didn't just take a physics handbook and completely throw it out the window. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that element of realism made this, I think one of the one of my favorites of all of these that I watched. So yeah, and that and that car was custom built for them by a Subaru shop in Atlanta. Um, the uh, what is it? It's uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all, all pro all pro Subaru in Georgia. I was I was looking it up. I had I had notes. Um, and Nick, to your point, yes, it, it was. You know, it's a fast car, but it's a 2006 WRX, so it's not like it's like super glamorous um you know and and it's street legal and it's for sale how much uh one of the other subarus fetched sixty nine thousand dollars in 2017 um this is a another copy of the hero car um oh it's a copy so well no it's like another one made for the movie in case they wrecked it 
like got it you know and they actually and they actually use two different cars um for some of the scenes so like it comes with like its own commentary it comes with um screenshots of where this particular car was in play and not the other one oh, that's um, that kind of thing yeah that's actually so, kind of cool yeah so um but it was like yeah sixty nine thousand dollars when the movie came out in 2017 so i'm assuming it's at auction who knows what it's going to sell for this time but right nine four twenty. Do I hear seventy? So I have not seen this movie, um, and I liked this chase. I thought it was interesting. I think the sound guy needed to calm the fuck down. Not everything is a turbo spooling down. So let's relax. <laughs> But there's one thing that slightly bothers me about it. And it's that there's this really cool shot where he kind of comes up. It's not an on ramp, but it's like uh, like a service way. Right. He's going up yeah. on the main road um, at speed, flips it, sick turn around a very tight, you know, tight, drifty U-turn and then heads up an on ramp. And I'm looking at it right now. And I'm now I'm worried that that shot is half digital and that would really bum me out because i think it might be the best shot in the chase um i would i'm actually watching it back again because i i i know which scene you're talking about andrew it's so cool it's this awesome tracking shot extended because you know car chases um very rarely have long shots more than I mean, even five seconds is quite a long shot for a for a car chase simply because otherwise you'd see. Right. But that is a that is a nice long shot. And ah, I don't want it to be in any way digital. I want it to be 100 percent real. But I don't know that cars drive like that. You know, the full turn is at full speed. And I don't know. I don't know how the diffs would have been tortured to make that happen in real life. Yeah, I, are you talking like you're know. talking about the shot where he's like, yeah, you say he's like coming up the service way, yeah, and like the shot is actually like through, like through the barrier, correct, and then he flips around and is on the is on the camera side of the barrier. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I think the the way you get around that in a car like this is 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 do it sliding. And I think that that's the point. Um, you, you you don't torture the diffs because none of the wheels are actually fully gripping anything. Yeah. I, don't know. I think I'm going to challenge you on the, uh, my favorite shot of this whole thing. Um, just as far as the way it's shot, cause it shot, I think it's like a drone or just like a high level camera kind of following behind the car. Um, he, he turns down like an alleyway. And there, like he, he he turns right in front of like an RV to get in, and as he's going down the alleyway, there's like a flatbed truck kind of backing up on one side, and then just a little bit in front of that, there's like a moving van backing up. Yeah, and it's like a chase shot, like a high chase shot behind him as he does like a double J turn to get around them both. That is so really like, sick. He flings it, but it's like the fact that it's a continuous shot almost right till the end. Like, just it, that's a. Whoever that stunt driver was, holy shit. Yeah, he nailed that. He <laughs> like, absolutely nailed that. That was incredible. And I think 
just because of how clever it was, like it wasn't the most action packed, but the scene where he goes into the tunnel and he's with the other three or the other two red, red cars, cars with sunroofs. Yeah. Yep. He's trying to get away from the chopper that's faces. So while he's in the tunnel, he jerks around and like switches lanes and he comes out on another side. But as they come out the other side of the tunnel, the chopper looks down and all they see is three red roofs with sun sunroofs in it. Like that's super clever. And again, not very action packed, but I'm like, damn, that's actually really awesome. No, that was great. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, and having not not watched movies like Tokyo Drift, to be honest, I've never seen it. Um, uh, but uh, but uh, a lot of the shots where, again, you see the car working, like you hear him. You're actually outside the car. You hear him grab the the handbrake and the rear wheels lock, and then and then and then it pans back from the car and watches you know watches as the rest of it you know, as the rest of the turn, whatever that might be happens. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. You know, I like watching the wheels lock and, you know, then they pan back. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, they definitely did. Well, in terms of, um, one of the, one of the movies I watched or one of the chases that was recommended to me was from a movie called six underground. Yes. Uh, which was also Michael Bay and, incredibly unbelievably ass like the 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 opening part <laughs> of the movie is fucking terrible and so this I is a nice it. don't this is a this was a nice counterpoint to that in that it had very good features i really want to like this and i would i would just be so bummed if uh like my favorite moment was uh digitally altered in any way because there is so much to appreciate about this Just a fantastic scene. I'm watching it back. So the scene you're talking about, Andrew, is actually like the next shot after the one I was yes, yep. mentioning. Like yep, it's yep. literally the next thing, the next stunt he does. I mean, everything else seems to be real. So it could just be, um, you know, like kind of a weird transition in terms of like, like, uh, the light and the reflections. And I like to just, again, getting back to that realism, like anytime it shows a close up when he's slamming on the brakes, he's slamming on the clutch too to avoid killing the car. Like yep. just everything about it is. It's like, yes, you actually need to do that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and such, a, such an emphasis in this movie was put on the, the music that in that scene, um, as he's going past the, the columns, they go, whoosh, 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 whoosh in time with the music. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's Edgar Wright. I mean, it's him with, you know, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. And, you know, this one, it's such an emphasis on, you know, the music he's listening to. Um, And then they put it right. Like stuff happens in time with the music. Um, You know, things that the music is talking about happen at the right time. And that's, that's all, clever movie stuff. It's not strictly car chase stuff, but it just makes it that much more fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Is it still okay to watch this movie? Cause Kevin Spacey's in it. Mm. If I haven't yeah. seen it now, like it, am I just doomed to never see it? Yes, you can watch it. Um, I think, I think that's had a, I think we've had a pretty good discussion on, you know, poisoned art. You have to go into it knowing what's wrong with that person, but you can still enjoy the art. 
So I mean, I, I do generally agree with that, but also I'm hesitant to watch this because it seems like Scott Pilgrim and I don't want to put that in my it's eyes. Not. It's not like so, sometimes like, yeah, I don't know. That, that's a totally different thing, but I, I just don't. I feel like Diablo Cody did the world a disservice. So now I avoid anything that seems like it could potentially be like boy Diablo Cody shit. You know, hmm. that's fair. <laughs> and that's that's fair. And definitely not this. <laughs> good, good, good. good. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Nick, you want to bring us home? Yeah, I've got two left in my chamber. Um, Andrew, are, are we just doing three each and we're just leaving one out? Uh, I just picked between the two of my last ones. You know, we've been going on okay. lately. Okay. Yeah. So, um, man, there's, so the two that I'm going to choose from, uh, the new Mad Max movie, Mad Max Fury Road, um, to be fair, like I didn't actually like that movie that much at all, but, um, what? when we were talking about car chases, I just thought of that giant car with the drummers and the dude with the double neck guitar and a stack of amps that I'm like, what? that was a badass car chase, <laughs> but, um, what? what <laughs> he's dying a little you didn't like this movie no what no like i i thought it was pretty pointless <laughs> like, um tristan explain it to him no i if if, no, if, if, he's, if he's if he's seen it and doesn't like it i can't explain it to him what fine um, you so i'm gonna speak about the rental car scene in days of thunder, which is the Tom Cruise NASCAR movie from 1990. Yes. 90 conceivably Um, 90 or 91, something like that. So basically um, in this movie, Tom Cruise is this young upstart, Jeff Gordon type um, from California infiltrating a Southern sport. Um, And there is the, you know, seasoned vet Southern boy. So completely opposite ends of the spectrum, um, rival drivers. And they basically, they wreck each other too much. (laughs) And the president of NASCAR calls them to a dinner and says, you two need to drive here together. Um, basically the dinner was to tell them like, look, if you guys even, look at each other weird at the racetrack. I'm going to suspend you guys for the rest of the year. So it's like this disciplinary thing. And like uh, the punishment was they're going to drive together. Well, they get about halfway there and they pull into a rental car agency and they're like, okay, I'm not going to let you drive. You're not going to let me drive. So there's only one way to settle this. We're going to race to dinner. And they end up just destroying two rental cars going into the high tide and racing up and down the actual beach on day at Daytona as a detour on the way to the restaurant. And then it cuts back to like the two team owners and the president of NASCAR, like checking their watches, um, you know, in the super fancy restaurant with the, with the soft dinner music playing. And then it cuts back to those two, just completely demolishing these two rental cars, bouncing off of one another. Um, and the reason I want to talk about this one more is because one, it was based on an actual situation, but not in NASCAR. Um, so I just watched, um, on Netflix, there's a documentary that, um, you guys may be interested in. Um, it's called uppity. 
It is the story of Willie T. Ribs, who was the first um, black driver to qualify for the Indy 500. Um, but he made his name for himself in Trans Am and in IMSA doing sports cars. And he and his sports car teammate, Wally Dallenbach, actually did this with rental cars. <laughs> and they, they, they took... They took the action, not because they hated each other, just because they were fucking off because, you know, whatever. They're race car drivers doing dumb shit. But they took that story of Wally Dallenbach and Willie T. Ribs and adapted it to these two rival drivers. And it's actually kind of a pivotal scene in this movie in the terms of those two characters, because that's the scene where, like, they start to respect one another and it, and it goes from their bitter, bitter rivals and the tide turns. And for the rest of this movie, they're, they're becoming allies, becoming closer and closer friends as they go through. So, um, days of there's, I mean, the entire thing is racing in cars. So there's a bunch of scenes, but that rental car scene was, was a good one. It's, it's interesting. I, I just wanted more, car scene like i didn't need the guy crinkling up the cigar wrapper five times like i just i just wanted to see the cars crash into each other (laughs) basically you just summarized your entire like nascar watching community right like less of the other stuff more car crashes i mean but not me personally, not, not in that specific instance, but I, yeah, I don't know. I think, um, I think that there were so many interesting moments in what they did show of the two cars driving together. I just wish they would stop cutting away from it. Yeah. I think they were, they were just trying to establish that contrast. Like this is like a formal thing and, I know, I know, I know what they were doing, but it, it, you know, the whole scene front to back is, you know, three and a half, four minutes, maybe. Yeah. If that to a, to a solid five and a half, just with more car stuff, I think it would have been a little bit more exciting. Yeah, it was. And it, and they it starts went from, off at the red light with Tom Cruise sticking his middle finger out the window too. I'm watching it back again. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. I would have liked to see more of, you know, them antagonizing each other more car more actual like racing and crashing it was basically just a very short demolition derby yes yeah yeah i like the idea and i love that it's based on a true story um but i wanted more more please i mean there, and then there's there's tons of true stories with race drivers and rental cars like are there cr- oh yeah just this that's one of them um i think the the best one i heard was um with sir sterling moss who actually i think just passed away earlier this year um and yeah he had a it was a rental car that he was driving in and he was actually giving an interview um so there's like a journalist like a magazine journalist in the passenger seat and this journalist said they were, it was an interview. He was in a really nice BMW rental. And I think it was in Germany. Like, yeah, I think they're on the Autobahn. So no speed limit. So he's, he's ripping down the Autobahn, um, answering questions, just having a normal conversation. And he's weaving through traffic and doing all this stuff. And then they get to an exit 
and it's like a big clover leaf exit type of thing. And he doesn't slow down one bit, but he pitches the car into a slide and four wheel slides the rental car all the way around the clover leaf while changing the tape in the tape deck. So he's doing it one handed. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just ultimate speed and style. It's a great story. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so yeah, I'll close with the days of thunder one then. All right. Well, so what have we established as what we need in a good chase scene? I was just going to say, what did we learn? Uh, for me, the biggest thing uh, is not just that you need to show me something that I haven't seen before, because, you know, relatively speaking, each of these car chases did present something that I personally had never seen before, or even things that had not been done before in cinema. But it has to be done to me as real as possible. It's not that I don't mind digital effects, but one of the things I was, I was hoping you were going to do uh, talk about Mad Max because, you know, famously so much of that movie is practical, but in the opening chase of Mad Max, there's one shot that's digital. It's when a guy flies out of the car and flies at the camera and that shot looks so bad now because everything else is absolutely practical effects, like with little enhancements, right? Little digital effect enhancements, but everything else is so real. Add, add more fire or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. It, it yeah. sticks yeah. out so unbelievably badly. And and it look it's, it's one of the reasons that movie A looks fantastic um, in the monochrome version, the um, blood and chrome version they did in black and white. And why it looks so good in 4K. Yeah. It's because it's, it's all the film stock. They didn't have to upscale any of the CG or anything. And it's fantastic. Right. Yeah. But, I, yeah. So I'm about, was really yeah same, same thing. Practical. Keep it practical. Um, and to me, it's even like. Keep it even even more broad. Keep it plausible. Like things that really good drivers could do. I, I want to see that. Like, you know, that that's why not a single one of like the transformers chases came on the list. Cause they're all digital and it's all cars. It's all robots pretending to be cars. So impossible crap is happening all the time. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So realism's in there, you know, as, as little CGI as possible. Um, something new. We've got, um, you know, plausibility kind of rolls up into that. Um, Tristan, you mentioned earlier, and I jotted it down, seeing the car work yep, is, is I think is one. And then the one that I, I really think needs to be in there is um, putting the audience in the driver's seat somehow, whether it's the kind of three quarter shot, like you're sitting in the back seat looking forward in bullet or like the front bumper cam in the blues brothers, or, you know, not just a close up of the driver's face, but a close up of what the driver is actually seeing as they're doing this, I think is crucial just to give the audience that effect. Definitely. I, mean, well, I think we came away with some good takeaways or good learnings there. Definitely. I, I was definitely surprised uh, that I, that I liked all of them, especially because, you know, sort of like I mentioned in, in the lead up, in the lead up, I did try to find things that were newer in, you know, in 
date or newer to me that I hadn't seen, you know, a million times before, like Bad Boys 2, which I've watched probably, I don't know, 20 times because I really like that movie. Right. (laughs) There are a lot of really bad car chases, whether it's too digital or whether it's just not interesting. I mean, that's I kind of had that feeling watching the one from Six Underground that they weren't showing me anything like there's a it's a bright green um what's that big alfa romeo the julia it's a bright green julia which you think would be interesting to watch but it's just like every half second is a cut and it's like inside outside here's a you know <laughs> out of the car like oh then the, then somehow like a semi scrapes by it and i didn't even watch it all the way through i watched about a minute and a half and i was like you know i'm i i'm full i've had all i want of this I'm actually going to watch it as soon as we sign off here just to just to see. I don't recommend it. But at any rate, um, yeah, I I think that that's a that's that's what I demand now from all car chases. I demand a level of realism and the car working and yeah, just just make it good. It's super important. Make (laughs) Make it it good. You hear that, directors? Well, you know what I mean. It, you you can have all the budget you want. You can have all the digital effects you want, Michael Bay. And you can have all the experience making car chases, also Michael Bay. But there is a distinct difference between directors who tried, who tend to do all these things, and especially, you know, directors for all these scenes that we picked – Almost all of them tried something new, like I said before, and, and they cared. Like it is important to say that at some point, you, do do it good. Yeah, there's it's it's it, it. You can always you can kind of feel when a car chase was done by somebody with a passion for both cars and movies versus just someone who knew they needed it in their movie. Right, or it was suddenly a plot element. They're like, oh, well, I guess now we now we car chase. <laughs> yeah this scene is really bad okay I'm gonna stop <laughs> okay yeah uh get us out of here yeah let's take off folks hey thanks for sticking with us uh we appreciate you listening but we don't want you just to listen we want to interact with you we already mentioned how to find us online we already mentioned where to get us on social we already told you send us your car stories so we can read them on air and send you can coolies um also if you don't mind, leave us a review, preferably a good one, five stars if you don't mind, or um, hit that subscribe button wherever you're streaming through. It's free and you'll get notified of any new content we put out. So no harm, no foul. If you're really into what we're doing and would like to support this mod, this podcast monetarily, you have two options for that. One, you can go to patreon.com slash check engine podcast or you can go to anchor.fm slash check engine podcast and you can hit that support button right before our logo. Everything pledged, every cent pledged goes towards making this podcast a better experience for you and none of it comes back to us. We're not doing this to make money. We're doing this because we love to do it. So again, thank you in advance if you choose to pledge. Guys, do we have any special shout outs before we get out of here? 
Um, I am going to shout out my wife because she's basically been, so she started herself a little baking company, uh, sunset Grove, uh, cookies. If you happen to be in the area, but since she started this and like sort of announced it, uh, to the world on Instagram and social media, um, she's basically been working nonstop. Like right now she's in the kitchen doing seven dozen cookies and she took another order for another four dozen today. And um, so she's really been killing it with that. And congratulations to her. And I'm so proud of you and I love you. Also highly recommended from a very satisfied customer. That's yes, right. Many, many of them. <laughs> so not, not just two, right. I see, man, I'm the worst husband. I forget that she's already, yeah, no, she's good. Getting- not just not just cookies. She made a great cake for That's Claire's birthday. So. Birthday, uh, my dad's you know weird strawberry goop request. Oh man, so, that was so good. It was messy <laughs> how, how how much shit does she let you test though? It depends Andrew. because now I just get the mistakes, which is fine. That's fine. Sometimes the mistakes are still good. They, uh, they're still delicious, but yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I shouldn't say this. I didn't get a birthday cake because she was busy <laughs> making cakes for other people. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what are you gonna do? That's awesome. Yeah, Sunset Grove cookies. Everybody, look them up. Definitely, Tristan. That's uh, one of the first weeks I haven't had a had a built-in thank you on hand. Um, so I, I don't know if I have one, Nick, if you want to, you want to take it from here, I'll see if I've got one to, to wrap us up here, but all right. You got to use a, Yeah. To you. So Tristan, to use a popular phrase in our company, I'll, I'll circle back. Um, sounds good. I'll table that for now. Yeah. Um, I'm going to thank, um, I'm going to thank my mom because, as I mentioned at the top of this show, we we didn't show up very professionally this past weekend at the cart race. But um, I will say that our trailer had better catering than most pro teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you guys have known me and my parents enough. Tristan, especially, you've spent a plenty of time hanging out at my house growing up. My, you never leave hungry. Whale burgers. Um, Oh my God. And like we go to the cart track and like my main thing, especially in the summer heat is hydrating. So I'll just pack a cooler of water. That's it. Like if I need food, like I'll throw in a couple of good. As Andrew bars. goes glorp with a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs> to mute. Um, so if I need food, like I'll throw a couple of granola bars in or like the tracks have concession stands. I'll go buy a chicken sandwich or something like, it's not that big a deal, but whenever my parents come to the track, like they have like the giant camping cooler and not only is there water and Gatorade and beer for after the race, but my mom has made sandwiches and cut fruit and made a pasta salad and brought paper plates and silverware. It's just like, it's just crazy. So my, my mom puts so much into that and uh, I really appreciate it. So thanks mom for keeping myself and my dad and Claire and basically anybody at the track who wants to stop by fed. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and now I will circle back to Tristan. All right. See, I just need a little more time. So I, I, I would like to 
also thank my mom, um, but in a different way. You know, instead of you know Mrs. Rogatich's excellent cooking, as I uh, as I believe I told one of you guys earlier this week, um, know your privilege. Um, in this case, it's it's Doctor Mom, um, and uh, because she has the ability to you know order covid 19 tests at will um she was allowed to uh order a test both for herself and my sister uh, in order for them to actually visit this weekend um have the whole family back together um which i'm this week i say weekend i took three days off of work today is thursday as far as i'm concerned um the you know basically get everybody up here for the first time since this all started um and without her help that wouldn't happen and i know it's not a luxury that everybody else is going to have during all this so thanks mom and thanks brenna for driving all the way from freaking georgia yeah in the in the brenegade yes indeed in the bright the yellow, yellow brenegade the yellow brenegade awesome um so thank you to all those folks. And as always, thank you listeners for your continued support. We love hearing from you. We love recording this for you. And we cannot wait to speak to you again. Until then, take care. Take care.